So on that note, how many people are ready for a word today? Awesome. So I'm kicking off a new series uh, this morning. I'm really excited about this. The new series is called His Presence. His Presence. And uh, if you were with us in the beginning of the year, in January and Vision Month, we talked about things that we are intently focused on this year that God sort of dialed us in on to help us accomplish the vision that he's called us to. And one of those major things, probably the thing that surrounds them all really, is uh, contending for his presence, his presence in all things, every environment, every situation. Uh, And if you really look at this, you would find that you cannot separate Jesus' church from his presence. You, You can't separate those two things. It's what makes the church different. If you take this aspect of being carriers of God's presence out of the church, what you're left with is just another institution. I don't know what you think, but I don't necessarily think we need any more of those. (laughs) I think what we need, I've heard it said this way, and I really like this, the church, God's presence, it's not an institution, it's a living organism. It's alive. And that's what can bring transformational change. Amen? And so we look at these things about God's presence, and I think to myself, I'm I'm coming at you and I'm telling you we're going to preach a series, and we're going to talk about in this series and teach about His presence. And then I kind of chuckle, because I think to myself, the presence of God is so bad that to suggest in a 35, 40-minute message, we can bring a comprehensive teaching to you about the presence of God really is just kind of funny. Yet nevertheless, we must dive as deep as we can dive into these things and into these truths. You see, God's presence, God himself, the Bible tells us, is multifaceted manifold his wisdom is, which means that it's multiple edges and sides. And you think of a Rubik's Cube and how like complex that is, and then picture it with millions of sides and shapes and colors. And you know that, that doesn't even really compare to the multifaceted character of God, his nature, and his presence. So to say we're going to talk about his presence in a comprehensive teaching and really teach it is it's kind of funny. If I were to maybe try to make an analogy, I would say it's like saying that in the next 35, 40 minutes here in this message, we're going to give you a comprehensive teaching about how a woman's mind works. <laughs> oh, please, brother, please. I got to Hey, much respect. Ladies. How it all connects up there for you, I have no idea. It it doesn't work like that for us. Just saying. Yeah. We're much simpler. Not less intelligent, just simpler. Let me give you an example. Okay, conversations like right with Katie and I, right? 
Um, <laughs> this is how some go. So she'll be talking, say, oh, the most amazing thing happened today. I'm keying in. Oh, yeah, what amazing? What happened? And uh, I'm going to make up a name. She said, I ran into, you know, Betty Sue at the store today, and the most amazing thing happened. Oh, all right, what's amazing? Yeah. You know, we were just talking, and Betty Sue was just telling me, like, how all this, you know, remote learning stuff that's going on, how she's really struggling, she's really challenged with, with all the stuff in the schools. Where, oh, by the way, speaking of remote learning, an e-learning center on Fridays, two weeks from now, in our e-learning center, we're going to have a pizza party for the kids. I just want to make sure you know, and, and it's going to be awesome. Oh, by the way, speaking of pizza, so next week, when I'm gone on Wednesday night, I've got a pizza, a couple pizzas in the freezer for you and the kids, so you don't have to worry. And I'm thinking, dear God, where's amazing? I just need to get back to amazing. Huh. I'm one gear shift away from hitchhiking all the way back home. I, I, I'm lost out here. Please. And then she'll say, yeah, and those pizzas that I got, I just found them at the store. They're amazing. And speaking of amazing, Betty Sue's coming to church. All right. Woo! Wow. Now, if I were to say... In the next 35 to 40 minutes, we're going to talk to you uh, comprehensively about how a man's mind works. You'd be like, bro, I 10 tops, you know, I mean, come on. So Katie got me these new socks, right? I love these new socks. They're Under Armour, and they just, they fit perfectly. You know how socks sometimes like slide down on you? They don't slide down. Pastor Mike, they're great. They won't help you win the 5K against me, but they're still good. I recommend you get them. But I love these socks. So I'm, yesterday, I'm wearing these socks, just, and I look down, and I look on top, and on this one, there's an L, and on this one, there's an R, and I think to myself, is this what it's come to? <laughs> Yet, when I open them up, I got to tell you, it's kind of nice, actually. Throw them right on there. Don't even have to think about it. Oh. But the presence of God... It's just, it's incredible. Frankly, it's unsearchable. Yet, nevertheless, let's dive. Open your Bibles to Psalms 27, verse 8. I'm just going to read one verse. But listen to this. When you said, David's speaking to God. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will see. Let's pray. Lord God, we just ask you to speak to us today. Help us to dive into the hidden wonders and mysteries of your glory and your presence, God, in a way where you would give us understanding. Frankly, if you don't, there's no way for us to have it undiscernible to the natural man. So we ask you, God, that you would open our eyes and our ears to see and hear the things that you want us to hear into. We want to know you more, God. We want to know you more. We want to be closer to you than we've ever been. Would you speak to us? Would you encourage us? There's so much to be uplifted by and encouraged by when we understand the truth of your word as it comes to your beautiful presence that you've called us to live in. Help us to be encouraged, strengthened, 
day and through this series and go from possibly just hearing about your presence to actually knowing and living in your presence in a deeper way. That, that is our heart. That is the, the target of our desire here in this time, Lord. Help us to go there. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So let me ask you a question. <clears throat> Have you ever thought, or maybe even right now, you would say this, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, presence of God, it's awesome, it's beautiful, I get it, but I don't know that I can say I feel God's presence in my life. In fact, if I'm being honest, I don't know that I've felt God's presence ever or before or in a really long time. Or, or maybe you would say, I feel his presence, but I, I kind of feel it faintly, like at moments or at times, but it's just random. And if you would say that, if you'd say, yeah, I, I think that's something that I would agree with or connect with, you'd be in good company. Because many of the heroes of the faith in the Bible espouse things exactly like that. Where, where is your presence gone? Or even David, right? Where is it went? Where is your presence gone? God, we, we want your, your presence back. And so as people, th- these are the realities of the things that we, we go through. But when we really understand and see what the Bible teaches us and reveals to us about God's presence, I think what you'll find is that it goes way deeper than feelings. It goes way deeper than whether we feel God's presence or not. It's it's way outside of that. Let's take this verse, first of all, that we opened up with. And just this verse alone, when you read it, it's kind of mind-blowing itself. You said, seek my face, Lord. And so I say to you, your face I will seek. When I dive into this and I study it, it just, it's unbelievable, really. Because think of it like this. God is saying to David or his people, seek my face. Yet we look through scripture and we see other places where God says, you can't see my face. Have you thought of that? And then David says, Lord, I want to see your face. I want to seek your face, yet I can't see your face. I think to myself, well, which is it? God, seek your face. We see your face. We can't see your face. Where is it? And the truth of this begins to expand to us when we dive into the revelation of the Scripture. Because the word face, just the word face, Seek my face, my face, uh, your face I will seek. The word face in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, is used over 2,000 times. There's another word in the Greek in the New Testament used for face, and it's used almost 100 times. But here's what I want you to get. The word that's used in the Hebrew is translated in different ways in the English throughout all those different times that it's used. Many times you'll see that it will say face. 
Other times, in fact, many times, what you'll find is that it will actually say in your Bible, present. Present. And a lot of times, it's with a capital P. And so when you peer into this, you see that when it talks about faith, it's not just one simple definition. It means every part or every edge of a face. So, for example, if I were talking about my eye or your eye, it would make sense that I would say that's a part of your face, right? That's just the eye, though. It's just an edge. It's just a side. And so when he says, seek my face, he says, I see your face. Really, what they're saying is, I just see another edge to you, God. I just see another side to you that I've never seen before. And, and, and there are infinite edges inside, and glory to God, I've just seen, I've just discovered another edge. I see your face, yet I don't really see your face. You get that? It's like, take this painting. We have this picture of Jesus, right? Now, this, seeing the fullness of the face, is the anticipation that we as believers long for. And I just tell you, this is what we see when we step into glory. Revelation 22.4 says, at that time, in my presence, you will see my face. My whole face. The fullness of my face. But now, it's kind of like this. I can make out a part of that face. There's the eye or the nose or a side to the cheek or whatever it might be. And as I go deeper and closer to God, all of a sudden something new is revealed. And I, I think to myself or I leap in my spirit, God, I've just discovered another edge to you. I've just discovered another side to you. I, I've just went deeper into your presence aside to you than I've ever been before, yet there's so much more that I have left to travel in. Seek my face. Your face I will seek, yet I can't fully see your face. Nevertheless, I long to see your face. Are you with me? I mean, these things are just infinite and vast. So we are people who are created to live in the presence of God. Think about that. We're created for it. So by traveling down this path in this series, I want to help us live the way we're created to live, as God has designed us. You say, how do you know that? Well, in the beginning with Adam, in the original design, this is what it looked like. You recall when he created Adam, he breathed his spirit or the breath of life into his nostrils. And they walked with God in the cool of the day, which is breeze or spirit and the enveloping presence of God in them and all around them. Perfect in its design. And that was messed up. In the fall, and God is busy in the business of restoring us back to that place 
And the fullness of that will be realized when we enter into glory. The restoration of all things. Amen. But we're created to live in that place. I would say it like this. It's mission critical. Mission critical. For you to live out the life that God's called you to, to really fulfill your purpose and destiny, your calling, you must live in and from his presence. It's like our physical man is created and designed to need air. I can't go without it. If I hold my breath and I don't take in air, it's just a matter of time before my physical body begins to shut down from being deprived of something that it's created to need to function on, right? Some of you can, well, quit holding your breath. Stop it. Remember when you're kids and you're like, who can hold your breath long and then you pass out? Don't do that, all right? We all have different time limits on how we can go. But you, you can't go long without it. And as we live in this fallen, broken world that's sin-filled and darkness is everywhere, I'm just say it this way to you. You can only go so long without <gasps> breathing in air, from being in his presence as you're created to so that you can live your life empowered from that place that you're designed to function off of. And so the presence of God is manifold. And as we peer into it today, as we open up the series, I want to help you to see three distinct ways that that word presence that's used thousands of times in the Bible actually uh, what it means or how it's represented. And the words that I'm going to give you are really human words. They're just words that we've come up with, theologists and things like that, uh, for how to describe it, okay? It's our best attempt at that. And so the first one is the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence. The omnipresence means, omni means all or everywhere, it means God is everywhere all the time. Think about that for a second. He's everywhere all the time. This God we serve, he's something else. He's something else. He's everywhere all the time. There's nowhere that he's not at any given moment. Now I want to help some of us for just a second today, okay? Let me push on you for just a minute. Help us. For some of us, remember this. God is omnipresent. You're not. <laughs> some of us are trying to be omnipresent right now. I'm trying to be here. I'm trying to be there. I'm trying to be everywhere. And in case you haven't figured it out, that's why he's God and we're not. We can't be omnipresent. But he is. Listen to some of these scriptures that describe the omnipresence of God. Jeremiah 23, 24. Can anyone hide himself in secret places so that I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? 1 Kings 8, 27. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple which I have built. And David says in Psalms 139, verse 7, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? 
while he's everywhere all of the time. Now, this particular aspect of God's presence, if I can say it like this, it's totally unconditional. What I mean is, it doesn't matter what you believe or not, what you think or not. He still is. (laughs) Some of the other aspects of his presence carry conditions. We're going to talk about that. But this one's unconditional. He's everywhere all the time, no matter what you think or believe. This one's actually so important that Paul says it this way in Romans. He says that God's invisible attributes or his glory and his presence are actually recognized or able to be seen in everything that he's created over the whole earth. So much so that no man is actually with excuse for living in this world and denying the existence of God because of the glory that's reflected in all of creation in God himself. That's big. The omnipresence of God. Let me tell you one reason why I think that's so important for us to get. He's everywhere all the time. And it's right here when David says it. Where can I flee from your presence? I want to just encourage you, your heart, maybe in a situation you're in right now, you've been fleeing. Say, well, I'm not running physically. I'm not running to a far distant place on the map. No, maybe not. But you could still be running from God in your heart. Here's the beautiful part. You can't run far enough. You can't get in a pit that's deep enough. You can't do something bad enough that in your moment of desire to turn, God's not right there, omnipresent everywhere all the time, ready to meet you right where you are. He's not bound or limited in any space or any season or anything that you would ever get yourself into. And for the unbeliever, this is incredible news. For the person who says, you don't understand I've done too much. You don't know where I've been. Maybe I don't, but I know that the God we serve is everywhere all around you all the time, ready to meet you right where you are. There's no pit you can be in that's deep enough that you're away from God. No matter how you feel, he's still there and ready to meet you where you are. Your feelings become irrelevant when you gaze upon the wonder and the truth of what his presence really is. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen to that. The other reason why this is huge, the omnipresence of God, he's everywhere all the time. And think about this, and this, this, I think this hits at the heart of us who are believers, is that nothing is hidden from him. (laughs) I mean, can we just forget, can we stop pretending like God didn't see that? <laughs> we, we, we mask these things and we disguise these things and we think, you know, well, I'm going to do this, this act that looks good, but in my heart, my motives really aren't right. You think God didn't see that? He's everywhere all the time. Nothing's hidden from him. That ought to lead us to the place where we realize there's no point in pretending and trying to hide things from God. My best posture is to be vulnerable and transparent and totally open, God, that you may sift me as the silversmith refines the the silver and the dross out of that in the refiner's fire. I'm completely open. But nothing is hidden from him. A couple years ago, we had this situation where we found out in the mornings that we were missing, there was food missing out of the refrigerator. In the middle of the night, 
he was disappearing and finding wrappers and bags and things. You know, and of course, nobody did it, right? You got the food thieves coming in the house in the middle of the night and then leaving. Nobody did it. So Katie and I decided, okay, we're going to get a camera. Now, don't, be, don't judge, okay? Hey, you got six kids. I'm telling you, you'll do things differently, all right? Just saying. So we get a camera. And it's, it's a clock. So they don't know it's a camera. And we set it up facing the refrigerator. Well, we caught the culprit, okay? We caught him. Here's what's funny, Jared. After that, Katie and I like, you know, Katie and I are like, you know, this works so good. We might just put these things all over the house. <laughs> Kids be walking around like, is that a light? I don't know if that's a light or not. Don't turn that light on. I'm not going to the bathroom. <laughs> But it's funny how people would do things differently when they think they're being watched. And can I tell you something? The eyes of our loving, and I stress loving, merciful, abundant, loving, merciful Father, His eyes are always gazed and fixed upon you. There is nothing hidden from Him. The only place to live is open and vulnerable before Him. Let Him sift and shake us, the core of our being. The second element of God's presence is the indwelling presence. The indwelling presence. So the omnipresence, we say, is unconditional. It doesn't really matter what you think or believe. It is. The indwelling presence very much is conditional. And there's actually only one condition to that. It's the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus himself. Right? Jesus says to Nicodemus, says, you, you've been born of the flesh, human, born in the body, but you need to be born of the Spirit. So the indwelling presence is when the Holy Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of a human heart by way of salvation or being born again, the second birth. That's what brings life into us. We were alive physically, but dead spiritually. So when the indwelling presence of God comes on the inside of us as the person of the Holy Spirit, we go from death to life. We go from having a a, a finite existence in God's presence to actually having an eternal existence in God's presence. Amen? I mean, Jesus even said when he was getting ready to leave to the disciples, he said, I'm going, but I'm going to send the helper the Holy Spirit. And listen to what he said. This, is, this blows me away every time I read this. He said, my father and I will come and make our home in you. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So there's the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, the full person of the Godhead here. Indwelling presence in those who've been born again. Boy, if that doesn't give you reason to shout, I don't know what does, right? That's just powerful stuff to think about. Ezekiel prophesied about the day that this would come Because it took the work of Jesus to make a way or pave a way for God's spirit to actually be able to come to live on the inside of people because the taintedness of the sin condition that we were born into the world with had to be washed away first by the blood of Jesus before the holy presence and spirit of God could actually come to dwell and live on the inside of us. Ezekiel prophesied, and in 36, he says this, verse 26, I will give you a new heart, 
and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit, listen, within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you fast forward into the New Testament in Romans 8, verse 11, Paul says this, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, he's talking about the Holy Spirit here, listen to this, dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, again, through his spirit who what? Dwells in you. The indwelling presence of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? Wow. Amazing. One, because when Jesus says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, you know that that's true. Because he sent his spirit to make his home in you. So he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Even the times where you feel faint or distant from God, you say, well, I don't know if he's there. He's there. He's always present in the life of a believer by the way of the indwelling presence. You know what else about this blows me away? He says there in Romans, he says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Whoa! The same spirit that resurrected our Savior, that defeated death, took the sting of death away and brought victory for all who would believe for all of eternity. You mean that same power lives in me? Yeah, that's exactly what it means. And not some diminished, marginalized, sort of sectioned-off portion of that power. God doesn't give the Spirit by measure, John chapter 6. The full power of God resides in the heart and in the life of a believer. Think what that does to empower the way that you can live. If the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you right now. Whoa! You might think, man, I'm kind of cutting myself short. I think I need to think bigger, don't we, about what might be possible. We need to know the truth of the indwelling presence because as you're seeing here, it changes the way you live when you understand these things. God is there with you all of the time. And the last part of God's presence is his manifest presence. His manifest presence. You say, well, what is that? This is describing the weight of his splendor, his glory. This one, folks, is tangible. It's tangible. The manifest presence of God. Ancient Jewish rabbis came up with a word. You won't find this word in the Bible, but they came up with the word to it, and it's called the Shekinah glory, which literally means to sit or dwell or rest among and around. Listen to what these are reported all through the centuries from rabbis. They said that they had this well-known uh, truth that if two of them would sit at a table and converse about the law of God then the Shekinah glory would rest upon them. 
the tangible presence of God would literally just kind of come and dwell in their atmosphere. What this tells me is that there are increasing levels and degrees of God's presence that we can continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper into all the days of our lives. And we won't even catch a glimpse of what that really looks like in fullness until we actually step into glory. Because frankly, your human body isn't even capable of withstanding it. It takes an immortal body to actually get into the fullness of what this is. Psalms 22.3 says this, But thou art holy, I'm, I'm actually in the King James Version here, sorry, I think you got the New King James on the screen, but, but thou art holy, O God, and thou inhabits the praises of his people or of Israel. He inhabits, which again means to dwell or actually rest in. So when we praise and we worship God corporately together, think of this. Sound waves are filling the air of our praises and our acknowledgement of God's goodness and glory when we worship in spirit and truth. God's very presence, his weighty splendor comes and fills the entire atmosphere of every particle that can be filled that our praises are putting out, and it becomes tangible. It always encourages me when people come here and they say, man, I feel like I felt God here today. Is that weird? No, you may not be used to it, but it's, it, it's not weird. It's, it's actually, it needs to be normal, <laughs> really. But I know it's not in a lot of places, but it needs to actually be normal. The splendor of God's glory and the weight of his presence so much that it can sometimes literally completely arrest the physical man. Let me tell you something. I've been in many of services, many a worship session. I've been many of these even in my own private time with God where I am on my face and on my knees before the Lord. And there are times when I do that because I'm compelled to. There are times that I do that when I'm posturing myself to be where I want to be to receive what I feel I need to. But listen to me, there are times whenever I do that because I simply cannot stand. Cannot stand. And you say, well, I, man, I don't know what's that all about. I've never experienced that. I'm just telling you, when you are in the weighty splendor of God's manifest presence, you will know what it's like not to be able to stay on your because you will be arrested by the holiness of his presence. It says that times of refreshing come from resting in the presence of the Lord. We are refreshed in, in incredible ways. But listen, when it says, be holy as he is holy, when you spend time in the holy presence of God, there's nothing that will compel you more to be holy like God is than when you come face to face with his holiness and understanding just how pure and holy and wonderful that he really is. He's not some taskmaster driving a whip. Get holy, get holy, get holy. He's saying, I'm holy. Experience how, oh God, you're so amazing and holy. I just want to be holy, God. You're incredible. There's none like you. Help me to be holy like you. 
The holiness of his presence compels us to live more in the way that he calls us to live. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus says this, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. You see that? It's just another expression of the same thing. I love this. He says, when you're gathered together in my name, means to be yearning for union with me. But this part about two or three, this corporate application, is something that we as the church, frankly, are blessed to be able to experience. Jesus says, when two of you are gathered together or more in my name, my presence will invade that. It'll, it'll overwhelm the place. It's a promise and it's a blessing that God gives us. And I have such a deep desire in heart right now. I think, praise God, we have these amazing times in our corporate services where the presence of God is tangible week after week. But a desire deeply in our youth groups, in our kids' groups, in our life groups, in all of the two or three or more gathered together in my name environments where we begin to actually come to a deeper understanding and experience with what this he is there in our midst expression really looks like and begin to live from that place more and more and more. When we come together corporately, it's kind of like a fountainhead, but that, that needs to be flowing in every part of our weekly lives that we go about the business of so that we stay fresh and strong. Because when you come into the presence of God like that, when you come out, this is what's amazing, is it stays on you. There's a residue. Say, I don't know about that. Well, ask Moses. So much so that they were freaked out by how much he was glowing. He was like a light bulb, LED, 100 watts or more, man. He was, <laughs> cover that dude's face. Holy cow, the glory. But we, you know, I'm telling, so next week we're going to talk more about this. And really, let me just say this. I think next week is going to be the best one. I don't know. I just, <laughs> never said that before, but I think next week is going to be the best one. I'm most excited about next week. We're going to talk about the mountain of God, the meeting place with God's presence. But we see that Moses himself, even when we come out of the presence of God, there is a residue that just continues to linger over our lives. Let me tell you how you know, if you're on fire for Jesus right now, if you're born again, you're walking with Christ, you're on fire for God right now, I'll bet you, I'll bet you, that you are hearing things from people you know like this. Dude, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, man. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something. Do you look different? You even look different. There's something going on, right? The residue. Glory to God, it's just, it's on you. And that's the way that we are intended and created to live and function is out in an environment of being in his presence, knowing his presence in these varying degrees all the times in our life, being able to say, and I close with this, as David would say, Lord, you said to me, 
Seek my face. Get in my presence. And I say to you, Lord, your face, I will seek. Your presence, I will desire more. And I just want to see another edge and another edge and another edge and another edge. And there's no end to this journey. In fact, it's the thing that captivates me most. Hallelujah. And when we do, the thing is, we are actually most effective in everything we do outwardly when this is what we do personally. Hmm. It's an amazing thing. So much to do. So many needs. So many ministries. Opportunities. I could labor 24 hours a day, seven days a week, wouldn't scratch the surface of all the needs that are there. But dear heart, no. If you want to live effectively for God, then you better prioritize His presence in your life. Psalmist said, in your presence is fullness of joy. I think I know what that means now. Because I've been Let's stand to our feet. And I want to ask you today, if you could, all over this place, before we go, just bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here, and you say, Pastor, mm, when you were talking about that thing about running (laughs) and fleeing, somebody right now, you're like, oh, dude, he's calling me out. You're running and fleeing. Pastor, man, that that is me. I've been running from God. I I feel like I've been running so much that I I don't even think I can get back. I hope you understand what I talked about today. God is here right now. What you do right now, today, is what matters here in this moment. Are you running? Are you far from God? Whatever you've done, God already knows it. It's not hidden from Him. The question is, will you give it to him? Will you repent of that? And will you turn from that and turn entirely to him to meet the embrace of a loving father? Again, his eye has always been fixed upon you. His gaze has never departed from you from your beginning. He's there. He's ready to meet you where you are. Will you allow him to embrace you as a wayward son or daughter turns that loving father is running to wrap them in his arms God is ready to wrap you in his arms today say pastor I want Jesus I need Jesus I want to receive Jesus all over this place while every head is bowed every eye is closed I just want to see I need that prayer or maybe you've been running and you need to get back you've been cold you've been faint you just presence of God, nope, distant, don't know, haven't been there in a long time. Either of those are you. You say, I want, I'm ready to make a decision. I'm ready to come back, get to where I need to be right now with Jesus. On the count of three, would you raise your hand, and I want to pray with you today. Today is your day. You're here for a reason. On the count of three, if you need that prayer, all over this place, one, two, three, raise your hand. God bless you, ma'am. I see your hand. God bless you, ma'am. I see your hand. Praise God for you, for your boldness. Yes, I see a hand in the back. God bless you. I see another hand all over this place. Spirit of God moving over, hovering over. Yes, sir, I see your hand. God bless you. 
boldness and strength. Now is the day. People are standing firm and standing strong. God's going to bless you so much. Anybody else in this place? I saw five hands go up. You can put them down if you raise them. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I want to lead you in this prayer. It's not about my words. It's about your heart right now. You say, dear God, I give my life to you. I surrender it, Lord, not partially, entirely. I turn away from the world, from sin, everything that I've known. God, forgive me. And I believe that Jesus, your blood is is capable of forgiving me, of washing me clean. I want to be received into your loving arms today. I want to know you. I want to know your presence. I want to live a life empowered by you, God, to do what you've called me to do. I want to make a difference. I don't want to just exist. Fill me with your spirit now. In Jesus' name, if you prayed that prayer, I just want to encourage you, come talk to somebody, one of our leaders, somebody here that you know, we want to help you to move forward in this journey that you're on, but this is a new day. The Bible says that old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. I'm telling you, everything will look new and different when Jesus has uncovered your eyes. You're going to see the whole world differently. And you will meet opposition. You will meet challenge. The enemy's going to let you go and and move on. He's going to try and stop you from progressing. But know that you have a community of people in this church that are walking alongside of you. And the God of heaven is with you. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. I can't get enough. I can't get enough. Your amazing love, Jesus, I can't get enough. I can't walk away. I can't walk away. I can't walk away. For I have seen Your face. I can't walk away I want to be where you are And I just want to be where
presence of God is hard to walk away from. As Pastor Matt, you just see edges and portions of his face. I want to see all I can. His presence is tangible, and we were meant to be there. So as you go today, as you're dismissed, take that with you and know that you were created to be in his presence. You were created to worship. All right, so take that with you today. Have a blessed day and just let God just soak all over you and be with you today.